Turtle, I want to start this one a little bit differently, and I'm going to ask you a question. I want your honest opinion here. Always. When you look at the current landscape of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, how, whatever, however you view the sport, however you view the industry, when you look at it as such, what do you see right now? Do you, do you, do you see a positive outlook? Do you see them stagnant? Do you see... I think that's a great you, word. Do you see a regression? Tell me what, Stagnant. I think that's a great word. It's just stale it's stagnant it's i don't want to say boring because when you get into each individual match Mm -hmm. and you appreciate it for what it is the Mm -hmm. athletes for who they are it's entertaining but the storylines overall are stale just the the overall outlook is just kind of okay that's fair enough let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. are you all in i'm all in at work right now no it wasn't my question Are, are 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 you all in I, I don't know what that means. Well, a few days ago, in about an hour's time, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes self-promoted show All In sold 10,000 seats Ooh. in the Sears Center in a suburb of Chicago for their All In show on September 1st. Now, mind you, this is the first show outside of a WWE, WCW spectrum. Mm-hmm. To sell this amount of tickets in this amount of time. Now, no, let me ask you no, this. Bef- no show outside of those two companies has done such. Not even TNA or Impact Wrestling. And that's where I was, was going with that. Maybe Ring of Honor or New Japan or whatever. What are their typical crowds like? Put this into perspective for me. Because I don't really totally get all in. So with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor has had, you know, they founded here in Philadelphia back right. in 2002. They've always had their 500 to 1,000 fans. But never really anything past that. This past WrestleMania, of course, it being WrestleMania weekend, I believe right. they had 3,000, you know, something along those lines. But generally anywhere between, I'm sure they, they break the 500 mark, but anywhere between 750 and 1,000, but never... Never that much. Ne- never that much more. And the reasoning for that, I don't know. You can blame that on product. You can blame that on booking. You can blame that on well, I think on I mean, a number of things. But what I'm saying here is visibility. I think would be the word overall. Sure. But go okay, on. that's fair. But at, what I'm saying here is, for a self-promoted show from a former WWE superstar and two guys who have never been to the WWE yeah. but have had worldwide exposure, for them to sell 10,000 seats on just a few announcements. What's that say for those guys? What's that say for Cody Rhodes, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks? I mean, that, that's unbelievably impressive. I've obviously seen the Twitter announcements. I've seen the the, the apparel fly throughout the, the Twitterverse and online and all that kind of stuff. But not knowing their product, not seeing the New Japans, the ROHs, all these companies, just because, to be honest with you, just because it's got time for me, 
and because of lack of visibility, as I just said, that's unbelievable. For the names that I've seen on this list, and I'm not knocking those names because my ignorance to those names doesn't mean they're bad. Like, there's no Hulk Hogan. There's no Rock. There's no Steve Austin. There's no iconic names on that list that I've seen. In the other world of wrestling, you would get disagreed with, but let's jump back to... Let's jump back to how, how all this came about, and I find this very interesting. Dave Meltzer doing really what Dave Meltzer does and just popping off online of and you know, really having nothing of substance and zero, zero facts to back up anything that he writes, uh, tweeted that Ring of Honor would never draw, or would never sell, rather, 10,000 tickets. And Cody Rhodes, being the, the, the smart one that he is, sure. took him to task and said, I'll take that bet. And over the course of, you know, however many months, weeks, or whatever it was, came this all-in idea. The Young Bucks jumped in, and with just very few very few announcements, very few talent uh, announcements. Well, I can imagine, like, limited resources, too. This is not a company, well, right? Well, this, is, this is a self-funded, uh, not, not campaign, but a self-funded show, self-funded yeah. program from Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Just th- these three guys. Now they're getting a little bit. They're getting a little bit of production help, I would imagine, oh, from Ring of Honor. Both sure. guys, are, or all three guys, rather, are contracted to ROH. I'd imagine they're going to help out in some form or fashion. But by and large, this is this is a huge burden on these three guys. And I'm, I would say they're sitting pretty right now, with not a single ticket to be had it's, in it's less than an, in less than an hour. Ten thousand tickets have been sold. And Dave Meltzer was proven wrong, which I absolutely love. Well, that also makes me smile, too. But that, that's that's unbelievable. It really is to have a self-funded, and like I said, maybe there is a bit of help from ROH or wherever, but to have a self-funded promotion, just and I'll bring it back to a WIP experience for sure. a second, watching how uh, an event like Wing Bowl gets put together oh, yeah. with such limited outside help, mm-hmm. and everybody who works there does an amazing job. But it's not like we're pulling in from different TV stations. We're not pulling in from different everywhere. It's, no, this is very This in-house. is a in-house production. Mm-hmm. So to see that, and in, in my mind, just to transfer it over to a wrestling format, that's unbelievable. And especially, and again, I'm sure there's more than just the three that are key in this. I'm sure there's some unnamed investors, unnamed wrestlers, whatever. But just thinking about that in, in a wing bowl term, seeing how a company like Intercom has put out an event like Wing Bowl, mm-hmm. and so successfully so, mm-hmm. to how they're going to do the all-in show, yep. that's amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's more amazing to me that 10,000 tickets were sold in less than an hour for a non-WWE show. And don't don't think for one second WWE hasn't taken notice of oh, that. Oh, I'm sure they have. And Cody Rhodes' stock and the Young Bucks' stock just went up tenfold in the eyes of the WWE. Uh, I, I'm counting down, just watching Cody from afar. And although he wasn't the... Most push wrestler in WWE. His generic Cody Rhodes character was mm-hmm. great. His Stardust character was hilarious until it got a bit old, but that was after like two or three years of it. Yep. He's coming back soon. I was a big. I don't know uh, when he's coming I, back, but he's coming back soon and making bank. I don't know if he would be coming back soon, but I know within the next three years, he's I'd a valuable imagine. commodity, definitely. And I know, I know, he enjoys his freedom, and I would too. Sure. Basically, making his own schedule. That's what's so interesting. And I think we might get into this with our guests coming up in a minute, too. That's what's interesting about seeing the kind of like the indie scene and the, the new age of wrestling, the knowledgeable age of wrestling. Because when I was growing up at 13, 14, 15 years old, watching the Hogans, the Rocks, and all mm-hmm. that, 
I know no other knowledge of aside from WCW and ECW, but these companies, not all of them, but these companies were out there. These events were out there. These in pool hall shows were out there. And seeing all these, to me, unnamed, quote unquote, wrestlers do something like that, that's amazing. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Dennis Kelly of the Tennessee Titans, former offensive tackle here for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to go over all aspects of the business. Uh, We're going to get to that in just a second. But let's backtrack here still with All In on September 1st at the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Uh, Let's run through some of these names here. Uh, The Bullet Club, obviously, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Stephen Amell of Arrow fame. Interesting. Is involved. I know you, you know Cody did a couple spots on on Arrow. Yeah, and and I saw Stephen Amell do a couple things with WWE back in then when the Stardust which, which character all involved, which all involved Cody. Yeah, which was interesting. That's cool to see him around still. So uh, Okada from New Japan, Diana Perazzo, Tessa Blanchard, Chelsea Green, Marty Scroll, Adam Page, uh, Joey Janela, Britt Baker, Jay Lethal, and I'm sure some some other ones that I'm leaving out. And or former Winget champion. Penelope, Penelope Ford. Ford. Yes, absolutely. The only See, that's ma- a name I do know. The only <laughs> the only <laughs> match that uh, that is out right now that is you know being advertised is Cody Rhodes versus former guest on on our show Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Title, a title that Cody's father held, but Cody never has. Interesting. I also love, and I would love to get really into this, and this is like deep into the wrestling woods one day to know how these traveling titles, if for lack of a better term get decided because if a Nick Aldis goes around a hundred times, mm-hmm. no offense to him and he's a great wrestler and we had a chance to meet him back at the House of Hardcore show we were at. Yep. Winning a hundred times well, isn't entertaining. You had a chance to meet him. Well yeah, you but you already know him. Yeah, it's my but guy. him winning a hundred times out of a hundred sure. isn't entertaining anymore. So I, I would love to know the theory like if if Cody wins here, is he automatically in the NWA? Or does he just have the title till somebody else comes and gets it from him? Like it's deep into the wrestling woods, and it'd be cool to hear from him, but it's just something I always think about. To coincide with the all-in show, the king of podcasts, Conrad Thompson, our good, one of our good friends over there, it's something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. He's holding a podcast convention called StarCast. A couple interesting names here that are that, you know appearing on these panels and on these podcasts. Saving the best for last, of course. Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, of course. This one isn't even the best, but it's an interesting name. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Not even the best one, though. I, I couldn't. You could have gave me a thousand guesses, and I would never have guessed Yeah, of Macaulay course, Culkin. I wouldn't have either. But here's the best one. Uh-huh. What city is this in? Chicago. Who's from Chicago? I'm blanking. CM Punk. Oh. Interesting. And just, Might we see a little tie-in with All In? And it just so happens that the Pro Wrestling Tea Shop has announced a signing with CM Punk for you know, an autograph session. Oh. The weekend of All In. Very, very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, and as well, Rey Mysterio is also announced for, for All In. The WWE, non-WWE, WWE guy all over and over again. It just keeps going back and forth. I'm kind of hoping, like I, I, of course I can't make it out to Chicago right. for this. Uh, I, I would like to. I would like to see the success of Cody and the Young Bucks. I'm really hoping to do some sort of iPay-per-view or making this like a one-night-only pay-per-view type thing. More revenue stream there for those guys and, well, it would and, be more, and, and more eyes on the show. Well, and that's, that's the biggest key. If they're going to go through all this trouble, I'd assume they want more than 10,000 eyes on this. I would, think so. I would think so, too. And the Young Bucks have stated this is not about getting rich. It's, it's, gonna, it's gonna get them a little coin though. Good it'll, get them, it'll get them a little coin, but I think this was more about proving a point, which they have, and more about 
showing the what's the word I'm looking for the um, stability yeah. or the growth I guess and that's a of good the way rest, to put of the it. wrestling industry if I'm calling it stagnant and stale and they're able to come out with ten thousand people in a span of a couple hours maybe I'm wrong I mean I, I could, I've been wrong before I'll be wrong again but maybe maybe it's not maybe my eyes this the ex- WWE exclusive for no better reason than time aren't seeing the best product out there anymore. And we're going to try to get all three of these guys on uh, as we do get closer to All In. Cody Rhodes, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. Again, All In, live from the Sears Center, September 1st, 2018. Guys, don't go anywhere. Coming up, offensive tackle from the Tennessee Titans, Dennis Kelly. Steps in a wrestler court. All right, Turtle Slam down the gavel. Court is now in session and joining us on the line now is someone I spent a lot of time with during his time here in Philadelphia. Huge wrestling fan, former offensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles, now with the Tennessee Titans. And you know what? I will not confirm or deny that we may have frequented a few establishments here in Philadelphia and had some adult beverages. But what I will (laughs) confirm is that more often than not, we ended up back at the house watching WWE Network and breaking down what we're seeing from the past and what we're seeing from the future and the current product, all while having a few adult beverages. Former offensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles, now with the Tennessee Titans, my good friend Dennis Kelly. What's up, DK? What's going on, Kev? Thanks for having me, man. Ah, man, pr- appreciate you doing this for us. Now, when I texted you last week and asked you if you would do this for us, and you're so kind to give us a couple minutes of your day here, uh, you asked me what's on the docket. And I said, oh, I said, you better get ready. I said, we're coming out hot. I said, we're coming out hot. We're talking some Roman Reigns. And from my view, and I think from Turtle's view, and the view of the, the general wrestling population in the wrestling universe, this Roman Reigns experiment has somewhat failed. Am I right in saying somewhat, or do you think it's absolutely failed? I think it's absolutely failed. I don't understand how how else the crowd can show that they're not interested in, they're not buying into him. You know, you look back at WrestleMania, the main event, and people were leaving, people were chanting anything and whatever. They were playing with the beach balls, and people were more excited about what was going to the stands than the actual match. And then you hear, you know, on Twitter and social media that everyone's upset that, you know, it's a disrespect to the performers. And I understand that those guys are working hard, but you can't boo the guy because booing is a reaction in the professional wrestling world. So how else can you show you don't like this guy? You just stop paying attention and just give zero interest. So in your, in, in your opinion, what, what would you do different with Roman right now? <sighs> That's what's tough is that I don't know what they can do. He's, he's been pushed to the moon. I agree. As this, as this superhero you know, Super Cena 2.0, and, you know, everyone has always said, you know, turn him heel, turn him heel. But at this point, I think people, you get all the fans, you're going to be like, well, you know, they should have turned him heel a year ago. Now we're over him completely. It, it's almost like it's just so weird on, on how it's been handled because he hasn't been the world champion in, in over a year and a half, over two years now, I think. And yet, people are still tired of him being in the main event picture. It's, 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 I don't know exactly what they can do with him, other than that's what's weird. I just, I have no idea. I don't have an answer, and I don't know if they do. I don't, obviously, they. Won't I don't think they do either. <laughs> and that's my biggest problem with him overall. Is like we we've known we knew the Mania match almost a year in advance. 
we, we see everything playing out exactly how we say it is. Like, the dude's a talented performer. I'm not going to say he's a bad performer, but he's boring. There's no spice to his character. How many times can I see him cock the Superman punch and drill somebody in the face and before I get bored by it? He doesn't entertain me anymore, even though he's a great performer. Yeah, man, I'm with you. He, you know, he had a string of real good matches that was in 17, but he also he also had really good, you know, people across the ring for him to help him work with that and to kind of spice up his, you know, his segment where he, you know, he goes through his um, his run of moves. But like you said, he cocks that Superman punch. It's like, okay, here we go again. It's, it's again referring to. Super Cena 2.0, it's the five moves of doom again. Yeah, he, he gets <laughs> he gets destroyed in the ring, and all of a sudden, magically, he, and I know that's the story, and that's the, the basis of wrestling, that all of a sudden the superhero guy kind of comes back from out of nowhere. But he gets destroyed in the ring, and then he hits the Superman punch and the spear, and then it's over. It's the same right. story, match after match. It's the same story month after month and year after year. That's why it's just so boring to me now. And, it's, and I think what's weird about it is that they build him as a superhero, the Superman, and yet he's the underdog in every single storyline. Like, if he's supposed to be this big, badass guy, let him be the dominant force that he could be. Don't let him be like, you know, people don't believe in me. I can do this on my own. You know, I've always, you know, just hard work. It's like, that, that doesn't work for him. Dennis, I want you to expand on something for me, you know, because we, we, we talk about this quite a bit. Uh, over text message and the like, and you said something to me a couple weeks ago that I really didn't, I really didn't look at, you know, from that point of view before. And you said to me the fans are in on it with Cena, but with Roman that's just not the case. What did you mean by that? So you know, when I went to WrestleMania 31 in uh, San Francisco, my buddy that I went with was like super excited to to sing the Cena sucks part when during his song. Right, and at that point, I felt like it was kind of turning to where it was kind of cool, because he was kind of playing into it. But it was cool to kind of hate him with the "Let's go, Cena, Cena sucks." Mm-hmm. Where people, I mean, Cena obviously has the body of work of just having great matches, great stories, great mm-hmm. promos. He kind of he has it all, and so people they were get, it originated with them being super tired of the Super Cena. Uh, Dick, and then he's kind of gotten away from it, and now he's you know doing mid card stuff. He's doing you know the Taker match. He's doing other things around the show, and he's not just the main guy. And some people, I think, it's just kind of like the, the Kurt Angle "you suck" thing, right? And that was that, that was that was my next point. There's a few people that the fans are in on it with Cena and Angle being the two that come to mind. With Roman, it it just it's not happening. the The, the ship has seemed like it sailed. And I, yeah, I think the, the more and more they continue to push them, the more resentment there's going to be because it's just a continuous, like, again, kind of what I was saying earlier, fans have shown who they really, really, really like. Like, they loved Brock about eight months ago. Like, that was, like, SummerSlam time, I think, was, up, like, Braun was super over. Like, everyone was just mm-hmm. hype whenever his music hit. And then... He went up against Lesnar and got got beat with one F five, and then him and him and Reigns battle storyline. It, it just they get so mad because the guys that they want aren't getting pushed because Reigns needs to 
be in the positions that he's being put in. And that's what the difference between Reigns and Cena. Like, when it was U.S. title Cena, when he was doing the open challenge and it was a different match every night, it was entertaining mm-hmm. because you never knew who it was going to be. You never knew what guy was going to get called up when uh, Sami Zayn first got called up and he tore up his arm that night. And whatever, right. it just it was different. It wasn't the same, and he would start to put other guys over. With Reigns and then Brock, unfortunately, too, it's just it's been the same five matches at every big pay-per-view for the last, like, year and a half. Right. And another thing was going with Cena, like, he at least, like, when it's, like, the big match, like, he pulls out some moves that he doesn't do. He does that the the off-the-top leg drop thing. You know, he kind of experimented with the springboard stunner a little bit. Like, he does kind of, he does a hurricanrana every once in a while. I remember the one he did against Punk. Um, yeah, you're right. It's different moves. It's not the same match storyline over and over again. Exactly. And that's, it rains, again, just it gets so overplayed and it's the same thing over and over again it's just it's 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 weird it's, it's unfortunate because we have the same people have the same conversation and are saying similar things and yet it's just there's nothing's being changed about it do you think at this point it's counterproductive or maybe they've hit a brick wall to turn roman heel where should they go down that road just out of spite the fans are going to turn around and cheer them i could see that happening for sure for them like finally agreeing with, or not agreeing, but just being like, it's about time, guys. And that's where, you know, maybe if they found a way to just get him into a super, I mean, there's always a comparison with him and The Rock, with the whole Rocky Maivia and Die, Rocky Die, and then they made him The Rock, and he became one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. And so, like, everyone's like, that's clearly what you should do with Reigns. It'll help him. And, you know, history proves that it will, but you just you don't know with the way the fans are now. They're a little bit more educated than they were back then. You know, and like you said, it could be a spiteful. It could be an ironic cheer instead of just being like, you know, actually happy that he's the bad guy. They could just be like, oh, it's, at least it's something different. I think we're all in agreement here that the uh, that the Roman thing's a failure. Right, Turtle? We, we in agreement here? It, it, there's just no no change, no difference, no spark, no flavor to it. it All right, so that, so, that, so there, there's a shade of gray of this to to an extent. Dennis is on the side of it's a failure. I'm on the side of it's a failure. You're on the shade of gray. That, okay, that's cool. So, but we're all on the same we're on the same road by and large. How do we feel about when they take a guy like Samoa Joe, who they're pushing as this monster, and feed him the Roman Reigns, but put him under in the main event of Backlash? Like, there's people saying that I you know that I've seen on social media. Well, you're burying Joe. Well, you're not burying Joe because he's in the main event with the quote-unquote top guy of, of a WWE pay-per-view. If you put him in the, in the first match six minutes and put him under to, to Roman Reigns, yeah, I can see that as a burial. But when he comes within a hangnail of beating the quote-unquote guy, that's not really burying him. When you look at it from our point of view where this Roman Reigns experiment is a failure, do you look at that as a burial? Dennis or Turtle, however, whoever wants to jump in? Um, I mean, I don't. I, that is another kind of what I was saying where the, the community is a little bit more uh, in the know with the wrestling business and that, you know, if you lose, you're being buried, or if you lose, you, you piss someone off. Like, someone's got to lose more times than not. Like, every match can't end in a draw. Mm-hmm. And kind of like you're saying, like, it's the main event, it's against the main guy. Like, it, Joe's, Joe's going to be... Pre- protected because of his body of work throughout his career. Like, everyone's going to know 
who's Samoa Joe is, and everyone knows what he can do. So it's not like uh, he's not going to take a hit by taking a loss like that. Like you said, maybe in early in the card, you know, quick match, kind of a squash match maybe, people might start guessing, like, what's going on. But at some point, someone does have to lose. Right. In my opinion, it's uh, Joe got over by doing that, by becoming within a hangnail of beating the man. Roman went over. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. that actually helped Joe a bit more. Well, Joe doesn't need to win. Joe is already over period. He but he does right. to, in, in in order to in order to maintain his badassness and maintain well, sure. that mean, character. Every and time he can't win, but Samoan like, machine, all yeah. that stuff, the whole 9 yards. He does need to he does you, know, you can't put him under each time, but sure. you know, in that, you know, it's a 6 one way half a dozen the other thing. Roman went over, Joe got over is all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, it's kind of similar to the no, it's just in general. I agree. It's it, like I said. It's somebody that doesn't need to win. It's just somebody that I would like to see win, especially because I'm tired of watching Roman win. All right, I want to. Okay. Dri- All right, I want to drift away from Roman Reigns here for a minute, Turtle, and I, w- I want to dig into to, to back when you were a kid, Dennis. When did you wh- give me some of your first memories of wrestling? Some of the guys you watched that captivated you, that you know, that got your attention. That this is you know, you wanted to watch this every week. I'm a big Undertaker guy. Uh, it just you know happened be that I kind of grew up to be the similar size of luck to him. Um, <laughs> but I always really, I thought like what he did was just always very entertaining. It was just so cool because uh, kind of, he kind of had, you know, the, the supernatural powers. It was, you know, kind of the magic kind of thing. Um, in, the same, in the same vein, I really enjoyed Sting. I thought watching him go up against the NWO was some of the coolest, like, some of the best build there was. Obviously, there's the whole was well, Star Starcade, I think, and that whole letdown. But the build up to it um, was just so the just the kind of like the will they won't they kind of thing. Like, when is he going to get his hands on Hogan? When is the NWO going to finally you know the numbers going to catch up to him? Uh, you know, it's just that whole storyline was just awesome, and then. Again, going into the when the, the Wolf Pack came into play and then what's, what NWO was seeing and enjoying and, you know, him having the, the black and white on and then slamming the giant and ripping off and having the, the red and black. It was just, to me as a kid, it was just super exciting. I'd always record, you know, I'd burn like, a, I, we'd have a tape of VHS and then we'd record it, you know, we'd have to go to bed and then we'd back uh, after school the next day and watch the, the rest of the um, it was just always fun. It was always something to talk about at school. And, you know, it kind of it, it faded a little bit early in high school. Uh, kind of, you know, right during, I think, during the ruthless aggression age a little bit. And then we mm-hmm. got back into it probably around sophomore year. And then just uh, kept going with it. Who do you have your eye on now? Who kind of brings you back to the Undertaker, that Sting feeling? Anybody currently that you like? Um, you know, I, I enjoy Bray Wyatt. Uh, I don't know. I like, I like what he does. Obviously, kind of like what we're talking about with Joe, it would be nice for him to win every once in a while. Uh, obviously, he's now with the with broken mat, so that's a little, a little change up. Um, you know, I enjoy, you know, it's kind of random, but I enjoy Fashion Police. I think they're funny. I think they're enjoyable. Obviously, um, AJ Joe, um, you know, I don't know 
anyone that is uh, going to top taker for me. Um, I definitely think someone like Rollins. I, I kind of told this to Kev maybe a couple weeks ago. I feel like he's got his his swagger back. I don't know what it is, but he seems to have figured out what he had when he was champion. He's kind of been able to – he played such a good Weasley champion. He's kind of figured out how to be a, a good face, and fans really, really love him. So I do enjoy watching what he's been doing. What are your thoughts on the uh, – let's jump back real quick because you said something that are, uh, that caught my eye. And Your thoughts on the current Broken Matt, Bray Wyatt tandem? Because as somebody that was so close to the, to the Hardy situation, I can honestly say that I wasn't a fan of it right at first. But it's, it, it's grown on me, and I'm curious to see if, if it's grown on anybody else. How, wh- how do you think about those guys? Uh, you know, kind of with you on that, when he went into the, uh, the lake, I for sure thought he was going to come back as Husky Harris for a little bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think they're a good uh, mix together. I don't know. I feel like they didn't fully commit. And I don't know if because they wanted to keep Bray, Bray but, like, the way they kind of share the entrance, like, it, it, to me it feels like, well, we need to have the, the, the fireflies and that kind of, that gimmick aspect of the entrance, whereas, like, I think it might have been, people might have committed more if they just had it with mass music and, you know, Bray being kind of, kind of how Brother Nero was an impact, where he's, I guess you could say second fiddle to him a little bit. Right, right. The, the role player, um, you know, it does, when they started doing it feels like they're giving him more and more control because you could obviously you, every every couple of weeks he's throwing a little bit more that you know a couple more things that he would do in impact with some of the ultimate deletions, the final deletions, some of those things he's kind of recalling them, you know, which would be new to the WWE, and so I I don't know if they're just like giving him piece by piece if they're what exactly they're going to plan on doing with this. But I'm interested to see how they keep going with it. Let me turn the page real quick to a bit of football here. I'm curious. As a four-time or four-year player for the Philadelphia Eagles, does it tug at your heartstrings a bit? Does it give you any sense of pride to see this team finally take that final step over the hump? I mean, yeah, it was was always really cool to see, uh, you know, the guys that I've played with and worked with and the coaches that I knew, uh, see them, you know, reached the top spot in our profession. Uh, obviously, it would have been cool to be on the team to do it, but, you know, maybe another time. Um, but it, it, it's fun. It was fun watching how the city was reacting, how everyone was uh, just completely buying in and enjoying the moment. And it's definitely one of those things where it was, uh, you know, obviously very happy for everyone involved, and just it was really, it was really fun to watch, knowing the history and knowing, uh, you know, how the fans feel about their sports in Philly, and uh, you know, everything like that. Well, I for one certainly wish you were on the team during that time, because man, what a could you imagine the time we would have had? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Uh, there would have been a few more adult beverages. I I, uh, I have a feeling there would have been quite a few. But hey, man, listen, I know we're uh, I know you're pressed for time, 
sooner or later we'll get you back on and we'll do this whole thing in long form. But uh, I appreciate you hopping on here for a few minutes, talking a little Roman, a little football, and uh, and a little current product. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you for having me. All right, DK. Talk to you soon, thanks, man. man. Our thanks to Dennis Kelly. We're going to get him back on in, uh, at some point in the future here, Turtle. We're going to get him on here in long form. and He's you know obviously pressed for time, but we're... We're glad that he stopped on for a few minutes. Absolutely. It was really interesting to talk to somebody as passionate about the wrestling business as we are. It, it, I don't. I love talking to the wrestlers themselves, but they can be guarded sometimes and let, not like too tight-lipped. They don't want to let a little something go for fear of it getting out, I'm assuming. But hearing a passionate fan's point of view mm-hmm. from the other side of the mic, so to speak, is always fun. I'll tell you what. When he got traded to Tennessee, he left Philadelphia very abruptly. He did. I, I mean, it was. I heard of the trade, and he was gone. He was on a plane by three o'clock. We never got to have that going away party with him. Well, I'm next, still, I'm still trying to get him back. Bring him back in so town. If he gets back in town, we'll get him in studio, and we'll, uh, we'll sit down and and really run through some stuff, and maybe have a couple of adult beverages. Oh, adult beverages. Our lock. But hey, guys, do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestler Court, the show account, of course. And follow me at Real Kev Keenan on Twitter. And at Eric S. Golden on Twitter. Until next week, this has been Wrestler Court, powered by Sports Radio 94. WIP.